Welcome. You are listening to our panel discussion for the Lord's Battle Axe Youth Sunday. Listen and be blessed. So this morning we'll be looking at the story of Esther. And uh, to discuss and look at this topic this morning, uh, I want you to join me as I invite uh, some wonderful youths which we've uh, selected for today's uh, discussion. Please welcome Sister Sharon. <laughs> welcome Sister Ruth. And uh, welcome Brother Sheldon. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Amen. Uh, so, uh, like I mentioned, we'll be looking at the story of Esther. And uh, before we begin, I, in terms of giving a summary of uh, who Esther was in the Bible, for those who don't know, I want to believe every one of us know, but I would just like to give a, a brief description uh, to kind of understand her background and the exploit to which she did and why she was deemed un unstoppable. Um, the Bible described Esther as a beautiful girl, but she, of course, like many of us with many challenges, she was an orphan, but the Bible described her as being humble. Uh, she was raised by a cousin, but despite, all, uh, despite the background or despite the challenges, through her bravery, God still used her to save a whole generation from being destroyed. So we'll be looking at that story this morning and um, I'll be asking some questions to get the thoughts of the speakers uh, concerning the life of uh, Esther. Amen. Amen. Yeah, my first question will, uh, to, to the panel would be, uh, what are the challenges uh, Esther faced and uh, that she overcame that made her unstoppable? Uh, I'll start from uh, Brother Sheldon. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Um, thank you for asking that question. So for Esther as an individual, uh, she went through a lot. Um, this day and age, it's difficult to grow up um, as an orphan. And growing up as an orphan, it's, um, it's a challenge on its own. So I would say that the very first um, challenge that she overcame that she went through as well was um, being being an orphan. Uh, it's um, I mean relating it to what we have these days as well. Uh, we a lot of people I mean also quoting the Bible, Bible saying that God is the father to the fatherless. A lot of people I mean are being victims of circumstance. I uh, like to say, I mean there's nothing you can do. Being being an orphan, it's not most definitely or most likely not your fault. Uh, but if we also look at it with Esther, being, being an orphan, she also became an over overcomer. She overcame the challenges that came that are associated with being an orphan, and then she was able to rise you know, to that level of being a queen. You know? And um, I think what we I also just want to bring out, I just admonish people generally, is that regardless of even what circumstance you are, once you have God on your side, I mean, for some people, the height of it would be being an orphan, right? But regardless, God is with you. If you have, if you're faithful to Him, He's going to lead you to that promise. Thank you. It doesn't matter what our background is. It doesn't matter what the challenge is. With God on our side, we can be an overcomer. Sister Ruth, I want you to weigh also on this question. Like, tell us some of. Challenges aside from being an orphan that Esther had to go through and uh, you know, that she overcame. Uh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, aside from being an orphan, there was also the challenge of uh, being in a foreign land. Um, as uh, many of us here are first generation immigrants, which meaning that we came here from whatever other country that isn't Canada, 
So we, but we're all in a foreign or strange land. I know, I was born here. But most of us here are in a foreign or strange land that we didn't grow up in. Um, so that means that it can be a challenge to not conform to whatever way or, or whatever mode of regularity is inside that country. So for her to be able to, like in Persia, there was a very large kingdom in, in his kingdom, there was a very large kingdom. They had their gods, they had their idols. So it would have been a challenge to stay true, keep the teachings of the teachings of um, of Mordecai and the teachings that God had put in place for the Israelites while they were there in a foreign land. And in addition to that, another challenge that ma made her an overcomer is when she was eventually in the palace of the king, or to be prepared and such for the whole contest. Let's say um, she was separated from her uncle, and she could not. The way she would relate to him at home, asking him for advice and such, she could no longer ask him when she was in the palace. So another challenge would be to make sure that she stay, she has her own personal connection with God and to make sure she's staying connected to the Lord even as she goes through her own isolated journey in the palace. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So speaking of the uh, instructions, uh, my question to Sister Sharon uh, would be, what are the... Tell us what, what are those characteristics uh, that ex Esther exhibited? Like, um, you know, she mentioned the teachings. So I want you to, you know, talk us through the, cha the characteristics that she exhibited that made her unstoppable. Um, one of the characteristics that she exhibited that made her unstoppable is the humility. She was humble and she listened to as well. And she had the will to serve. So it's not, but it wasn't like personal gain for her. It was more of what she could give to people. And then the character, because there were several places in the Bible that said that, it said that she found like she's beautiful and she was faithful. And beauty doesn't really, it's not the only thing. And it just boils down to what you like, like seem to be beautiful. But it's not just the way you look. But there was something about Esther that made people around her like her and favored her. And even to the point where she being Christian, surrounded by so many people that don't believe in Christianity, there was a time where she fasted and prayed. And the servants, too, fasted and prayed with Esther. So it's more like what attitude she brought into the place and how she was, from what I can, like I can actually describe, right? And she listened, and that was the thing that stood out in the sense that she was a good listener and a will to serve, and then obedience to, right? That even when the instruction came, right, she was willing to obey and go through what she went through. Thank you so much. Uh, speaking of obedience, uh, I want us to dwell a little bit on that uh, word. In our Sunday school this morning, we had also, you know, discussed something around uh, being obedient. I want us to talk about. Uh, like the impact of obedience even in her current life. Because looking at the story of Esther, the Bible recorded that she listened to uh, Mordecai. And on the flip side, it was disobedient that got the queen out of the palace, right? So I want us to speak more on obe obedience as it relates even to our, our life currently and how it can help us. Okay, I, can, I can go first on that. Uh, if we were to, just also for context, uh, for some people that also may not know, um, before Esther became queen, there was a queen before. And um, although the king, being drunk, you know, was in the midst of his um, nobles, asked that um, the queen, Queen Vashti, come dance. And um, the queen um, blatantly refused. That got her um, kicked out of the palace. Now, Esther, on the other hand, you know, we, we've seen her, she was obedient, obedient to God obedient to godly counsel in the form of um, our cousin Mordecai. Now, relating it to today's uh, to context, uh, today's age, it's um, ju just like you said in Sunday school, a lot of people, or some people, hear the calling of God, they, they, don't, they don't obey, they don't listen. Uh, you hear the preachings that come out of, um, out of the altar as well, you don't listen. And even, even if you momentarily, you know, surpass whatever obstacle that comes your way, the consequence of your disobedience is still going to catch up to you. There is no way you cannot, uh, you cannot run from it. 
we, we can relate it to even the, I mean, sin, essentially sin. Yes, you did something, you feel like there was nobody looking at you, nobody will know. It will, it will catch up. You, there is no way, there is no way, it's, 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 the, it's the law of nature. Now you can, you can ask for forgiveness at some point. I mean, even look, look at, I mean, let's, let's use David as well, the, just to set an example, right? God loved David. It was, it was, it was said, but it still didn't change the fact that David also sinned. You know, he had a lot of bloodshed, innocence in in the in the leg of um, the husband of um, Bathsheba, right? He, he also had he also had that as well. And fine, maybe maybe you would say that his punishment wouldn't have been something too big, but then God told him that you are not the one that built my temple, right? Because you already have you have a lot a lot of blood in your hands. So it would it will it would always it would always catch up. So I would also always admonish people, even the the younger the my generation and the ones coming after me as well, to say that when you get godly counsel, when you hear the word of God, the voice of God, I mean God appears, talks to us in different ways. It's not going it's not necessarily going to be a megaphone. It's not going to be like um Samuel, right? That um heard God's voice and he was like, here I am, Lord, you know. It's, it may not come in that form, but when, when you hear it, obey it. Once you obey and you allow his word to guide you, as a young person, it's, um, you will move mountains. Praise the Lord. Can I get a microphone, please? your first question here is that um, is that is that is it disobedience because it was from a drunk person <sighs> I, I I would say it's still disobedience right because now we're not saying it's disobedience to God there is God right and then there is a king now if we even look at the um, let's, let, let's look at the part of the Israelites God appointed the kings right so there is God ruling, and then there is a king who is supposed to rule over the people. Now, if the king gives an instruction, be he drunk or not, you disobey, you disobey. There is no, I, he was drunk when he said it. He leave, leave his drunkenness, leave that to God to judge, right? It's not your business. It's, it is what God has said. Uh, just to uh, just before Sister Sharon takes over, just to also put it into the going into the second question you asked, um, and I'm going to I'm going to define redefine or refine that question in some way that every other person would understand. You're working somewhere. Um, maybe maybe you work in a bank. There are cabals, right? Um, some guys, you know, maybe top level, adjusting numbers and stuff. And then they've asked you to adjust a number, right? And now the question is, are you going to obey or disobey? If you disobey, you're disobeying your boss, 
consequences, you're going to be fired, right? And then if you obey, right, you're also disobeying God. That, that puts it into clear context, that kind of question, right? So in this scenario or in this case now, and with the way that the world has also changed, your boss doesn't rule you. He doesn't own you. God owns you, right? We've gone from, the world has evolved from being, you know, that disobey the king and die to uh, disobeying, you, you literally, I mean, if right now, the way the world is leaning, right, I see that, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm new, I'm new here, I'm new in Canada, but I see that, you know, I see truckers put um, very bad signs about the prime minister on their car, on their trucks, and they, they move on. Those are not things that would exist or would happen in days of, of old. And we don't see that the premier is saying that for everybody that does that or everybody that goes online to insult me, go arrest them. Right? So the world has evolved, and with the way the world has evolved, I think it's more easier for us to actually do what is right because it's not everything, now it's not by blood. It's you, you get that, you disobey, and you know that your conscience with God is clear. And once you disobey, and for the fact that you're even on God's side, you're obeying God, you can, those kind of requests, right? You can fight it. You can fight it even in the court of law, and then, you know, you let God take over. So, Sharon. Just to add to what he said is the vastly like so I think it's basics from being being like um, very proud because when the king asked her to come out and show her beauty was because of pride he wanted to show her off right you know show her off you know just like in front of him people's and she said no too was also because of pride so if you look at the two of them it's actually pride that brought down like brought but actually brought her down because some things are uncomfortable to do wouldn't mean that you're wrong. So this was uncomfortable for Queen Vashti to be able to be showcased as a like nobody wants to be showcased. It's, it's actually uncomfortable, but at the same time, you also want to ask if that was wrong of the husband to ask of her. There's a difference. You know what I mean, right? So and that's what I just wanted to put it down there. And then the other ones that he said is like real life. Some things that are requested of us might be uncomfortable and clearly wrong it, from the sight of God. And they, they always like become a complaint like a price. There's always a price tag to everything that you're being asked to do. So it's almost like what is worth it for you, trying to obey what is being asked of you just, just to stay, right? Or if you disobey, then it comes at a cost, right? So they always have a price. But one thing that I would want to say is, it's very clear what we do in the sight of God. And the rules are clear as to like what is right and wrong. And it's up to you to decide which one you want to follow, right? So just wanted to add on to that. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I think still speaking on that disobedience, I wanted to bring up uh, you know, a, a verse in the book of Esther where Mordecai had instructed Esther not to, be, not to disclose her nationality. Right? So, um, more like a question, like, she obeyed. She didn't disclose that. For, for a purpose, right? I'm trying to relate it to the question he asked. Like, um, there are times, um, just like the situation surrounding, um, so for, for the safety of Esther, Monica had instructed her not to disclose her nationality. So my point is, there are, there are situations where, um, I, I wouldn't say to disobey is, is right, but, depending on the circumstances, if it uh, has to do with safety, sometimes, right? Maybe we probably would have to get, like, do something as <laughs> Praise the Lord. Even if they are going to kill you, don't, don't lie. That's why I my Yeah, I was trying to draw out a question as, like, to suppose that to... Because...
okay to just paraphrase. It's, it's okay to do like this. Cut corner. Then cut corner, thank you. And then God will take care of the rest. God won't take care of it. <laughs> Don't lie. Even if it's going to cost one's life. One's, one must be very, very careful. And one thing to add to that situation of uh, verse 2. God was behind it. There, it is, it is, it's, a, it's, it's something that God needed Vashti out so that Esther can come in. So God can do and undo. He has a way of doing his things. And if we look at this, the, all the uh, things that happened, all these girls, they were supposed to visit um, Asher, uh, the king at night. He's supposed to sleep with them. And that is what um, this... Um, uh, bachelorette or bachelors are doing yeah. on the TV these days. They sleep around everywhere. Our youth, we are not supposed to be doing so. The reason, um, that's part of the reason why God kept uh, uh, his daughter, that you ain't gonna sleep with this girl and go scot free. She's your queen. So God orders his, his, uh, ourselves. If we can only follow him diligently, if there's no way that God will allow you to be violated, mm -mm. God is not a God like that. He is a, he is a supreme God and he orders his things rightly. So whatsoever we do, we must not lie. God will not back us up. This may be working and you think it's God. Mm -mm. It's not God. It is just maybe nature, like somebody said. But as far God is concerned, no. God orchestrated that Vashti should be out so that Esther can come in. So that because of the future that none of them saw. So God ordered those things. So that is why we pray at all times, Lord, order our steps so that we will be able to follow you. God bless you. Amen. So, can, can I also add very quick? I think mommy has said so because what I want to say is that um, for her to be chased out of the palace is not disobedience. There are protocols in the palace which she thinks the king is going against. Like, okay, you don't dance it. I think, like, it's just like with our, our president. There are protocols to what your wife and what president can do outside. So she knows this is a protocol that, God, that must not be done. I can't dance in public. You can't expect, like, a king to do some things in public, right? So it's not disobedience. Like, what one said is what I want to say is that there are some things that happen because God wanted it to happen. It's not because she's obedient. Okay, I um, thank you, thank you very much. Um, I was just going to say that uh, maybe, maybe on a lighter, on a lighter note, uh, especially the your original question about disclosing nationality, I don't think there was any point where she was actually asked, yeah. "Where are you from?" Mm -hmm. So in this context, there isn't any lie. Yeah. So it is. I mean, even even here, right? If you don't. If you don't uh, if you don't ask me a question, right? If you, for instance, if you don't ask me, um, what country are you from? Don't, even if we're having a regular conversation, I'm not going to throw it into your face that I'm Nigerian. I'm not going to throw it in your face that I'm Canadian. You didn't ask me. Now, if you now ask me, it's now a different. It's now a different. It's a different ball game. If I say, okay, I'm I'm from Jamaica, right, and I'm not. That is when you can now start attributing lie, lie, get as a lie. So I just wanted to mention that. Right, thank you so much. Thank you for your contribution. Someone is raising his hand here. So before uh, we get to the question, I, I just wanted to like state categorically here, like Pastor used to say, it's either you obey or disobey. There is no partial obedience. It's either obedience or you are disobeying. Please go ahead, sir. and culture 100 years ago was very different from what we have now, right? Um, 100, 150 years ago, I probably could not enter the same bus with a white man, right? And to some people, it was legal, right? And it was right. Now, racial discrimination is wrong, right? In those days, there, were, there was culture, there was tradition, right? Kings, probably most or all of them in the Bible, drank wine. 
most and all of them in the Bible, or all of them in the Bible, you know, had a process of selecting their wives, which necessitated public display, right? And I don't think that um, there's any part of the Bible that tells us that culturally, the queen dancing for the king and entertaining the king and his friends was wrong, right? So it might have been a fair request and for maybe who she was as a proud person or as somebody with a deficient sort of character, I don't know, um, rejected that request, right? And um, the point where we say, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Um, I, I would also not want to assume that God wanted someone out to bring somebody in, because then it would still be the same God today, right? And then God can want somebody out to want somebody in, right? So, yeah, that could also be sketchy to people that, I mean, don't have a firm standing in in Christ, right? So I would also not want to assume that, right? But at the end of the day, I think that sometimes wisdom is profitable to direct. Now we're talking about a different scenario in a different time. Imagine you go somewhere today, right? And maybe there's crisis. I mean, most of us are Nigerians, right? You go to the north, and then they start killing children that are not northerners, and you are an evil man or you and they come to your door and they say, Are you Igbo? Are you Yoruba? And they are with cutlass and they are looking at your child. You will speak Ausa. Sincerely, you will speak Ausa, and that is because wisdom is profitable to die. But I don't think necessarily that God will look at you and call you a liar. Right? I think that God is a merciful God. I think that God is a good God. I love the pastor. Praise the Lord. There was an incident that happened in a bus. This was in Lagos. An armed robber got into the bus and began to ask. No, yeah. And somebody that was armed, he had a gun. He was on the bus. And his sister stood up and started preaching. And the guy confronted the sister and said, if you don't deny your Jesus, I will shoot you. And the sister who was preaching said, ah, I deny Jesus, I deny Jesus. What did the guy do? He shot her. And he killed her. So at that point, when she stands before God, what will God say? I understand, you know, and there was gone and you denied me. Is that what God would say? Brethren, you want to compare the civilization you live in now with whatever happened in the time of Abraham and use it to justify error. Brethren, people are still dying for the sake of the scriptures. I hope we realize that. When I was in high school, I mean, I, I grew up in northern Nigeria. One of my classmates, her parents were Baptist pastors in Gombe. Those of us who are elderly might remember the story. They entered the pastorate and killed that man. I still remember it today. But he's gone to be with the Lord. And up to tomorrow, people are still dying for the cause of the gospel. If we, a man of God was speaking, he said, we are, the Christians we are bringing up these days, we are not bringing up Christians that are ready to suffer for the cause of the gospel. The road that, that leads to heaven is not wider. In fact, now it is what? Narrow. It's narrower. Most, when we are in this part of the world where we have so many things free, but there will be times that we need to stand for what we believe. That's very important. Did Vashti disobey the king? Yes, she did. Either he was drunk, or it was totally to death or whatever, she did what? She disobeyed him. And my brother made a, a, a point. There was culture, there was tradition. Who is the custodian of culture and tradition? Anybody? The king. Outside of the king, there's no culture, there's no tradition. So when the king says, I am the king, that, and say, I think, me, yeah, I'm the queen, 
and you can't direct her, okay, okay, go and cut off her hair. What will happen? They will cut off her hair. So Vashti, that was why the counselors of the king came together and said, ah, what she has done, others will begin to copy it. And before you know it, we are going to have rebellion in all our hopes. Okay, you have to do something. When they were now talking, wine has gone. Yeah, everybody could now settle and sit, and they thought, well, we got, and they did something. The other part to this is, where the Bible says there are a thousand and one ways before who? Before God, where there is no way before man. Esther was a woman with a destiny. A destiny that she herself did not even know. All that was expected for her is be obedient to the voice of your God. She didn't know where or how destiny would be fulfilled. But God directed her, just like we, God directed her footsteps to the Father. Why? Not just that you there and Queen Esther. No, but because her presence in the palace will save the Jews. All that was expected of her is be obedient to what the Lord tells you to do. And that was what she did. Present, God is not a God of compromise. Remember, Revelation, is it 3, 15 or 16? That says, because you are neither hot nor cold. I'll do what? He is spewing out many people or because we are wise. In fact, we are too wise for God. <laughs> God has not changed, brethren. He has not changed. The road that leads to heaven is still narrow. And the road that leads to hell is what? It's wise enough to accommodate all compromisers. And brethren, the fact that you compromise does not mean you will live a long life. What are you going to tell when you stand before him? The Bible says, we have not yet resisted unto what? Unto blood. What are we going to resist unto blood? Some people will give their lives to Christ for the cause of this gospel. But you know one thing? Every innocent blood that is shed will move God to action. That's very important. So, Christianity, as like my brother said, Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, he has not changed his standard. Things have been made easier for us. But every one of us, there will come a point in time that you will... I think somebody told us about a, a brother. One of his mission, mission, mission trips in... Around uh, Sokoto, Madhubri. I'm forgetting my geography of Nigeria. <laughs> the northeastern part. He was there as a missionary. He grew up in London. He had... London, uh, what do you call it, British passport. So, he grew up, he went to the mission field, he preached, they gave their life to Christ, he started teaching them the word of God. And then they had that, uh, the, I don't know if it was Boko Haram or that group, but a sect was coming. But he said, these people that I am teaching, I want to finish the word, teaching them the word. It was at that point that they said they needed a missionary to send to UK, and he said, because he had the passport, they were going to do what? He was a British citizen. He went back to Nigeria. He was also in the mission field. They said, we want to send you back to Britain as a missionary. But he said, this is what I am teaching. I want to finish doing what? I will finish teaching them. When I finish teaching them, you can send me back to Britain. He finished teaching them. The day he finished teaching them, those people that were, that were invading the land, they invaded that place, and they did what? They killed that brother. This is not a cherry pill. These are real life situations in Nigeria. Will that brother make heaven or not? Will the angels in heaven celebrate him or not? He fulfilled a purpose. Do you know what? Maybe it's, it's because only 12 people up. Out of those 12 people might come the greatest evangelist in all Nigeria. You, know, you, know, you may not know. Personally, the greatest rewarding part of my ministry so far was within a space of one year when I was in Farakot. I wasn't a parish pastor, I was not a Sunday school teacher, but, and I was a Sunday school superintendent. All my Sunday school teachers then, today, are provincial pastors, zonal pastors, assistant provincial pastors. They are accomplished men because of the things that we went through together. I have not been more, I'm still a more successful not even what I'm doing here. Only God knows what you will do that will be rewarded. So brethren, if you are going to take anything from here today, God has not changed. 
Lord has brought change. And he will continue to help us in Jesus' name. Thank you. to the pastor. I'm a mother of three and we're in Canada. Now I'm confused because raising my children is becoming way more challenging. The, um, the topic came up because of what is being transmitted this weekend in Canada. So um, the topic came up and I gave my children what I know to be the truth, Bible family based. But my son was really confused and he brought out the topic to say that those people are actually created like that. They are made like that. God created them like that. So are you not discriminating against them? Discrimination is bad. I'm like, no, God didn't create them like that. So we 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 had a very strong conversation in heated word and sincerely. I became confused because I kind of knew he has a point. But I could not admit that to him that he had a point. I said they are mentally when you know they mentally said, no mommy. Actually, God created, you say God created men and women. Yes, they are men and women, but God created them to think like that. They are like that. God made them. And now you're saying, so I don't know. I'm sure I'm going to run on this. Okay. God bless you, man. <laughs> uh, it is well in Jesus' name. Amen. Your children will not be taken from you. Amen. Um, we just need to get so many things straight. The Lord will help us. Are you just coming to Canada or you have been here? I've been here eight years. The parade. Okay. Um... It's just like what Pastor said or what we have been hearing. A time is coming that we may have to actually be punished for what we believe. It's, it's, it's a fact. Now, the thing is, I, I thank God for my children. They were all born here, except our first child. But our first child came here when she was uh, two years. Now, it is important that at their formative age, you let them know the right and the wrong as they are coming up. You tell them the truth. That's why the Bible says, train up a child in the way it should go. I tell you, when you train in the way they should, they will not depart from it. They may have questions where you will answer them. The thing is that, I, I hope that when you felt confused, you didn't show it. Because they know when you are confused. They will see it. They, they can actually read us. Now, it is important for them to know, I don't know the ages of your children, but whatsoever the age might be, tell them the truth, stand by it, even when it is heated up. Now, for them, God, I said God did not create them, them that way. He created, he did it. He created, he did it. It may be going on and up, but stand on what you have said. I mean, carry the word of God and let them see it. If it is something that you have nurtured them uh, with right from the beginning, it is important. If the foundation be destroyed, 
What can the righteous do? Like I said, all my children were born here, or the one that came with us, very young when she came. But the foundation was given to them. This is it, this is it, this is it. For their school, I let them know there are things that I don't allow them to participate. Oh, Mr. Oh, Mr. Kisola, you have come. Ah, Mode, yes, I have come. I let them know what I don't want. I don't want. I, they have rights. I let the children know. Look, Trudeau cannot do anything to me as far as my right is concerned. When you know what is your right, you start with it, especially when it has to do with the truth about the word of God. Because these children, they will be your mouthpiece even outside there. So, Mama, you are doing what is right. God will continue to strengthen you. Stand on what you believe. Stand upon the word of God. Open it for them. Let them read it by themselves. I said, look, God did not create them that way. I was reading about my Bible this morning, and I was talking about Sodomites. Let them know that these homosexuals, they are the one called Sodomites in the Bible. And you know what? Let them read King James. Because these days now, there are Bibles out there. They've removed these things. They've removed them. They have. So many things are evolving. Many things are changing. <laughs> but God cannot change. And he will not change. That's why all of us are here standing. You may not have young children. But won't your children be a children? They will have, you will have grandchildren. So you will you'll be back to square one where you need to teach them from the foundation. Today, if my children go anywhere, I know what they can do. I know what they can stand for. I know what they can, why? Because you have trained them. So mama, continue what you are doing. God will back you up. Don't, don't falter. Don't say, oh, oh, what? let's just agree with them. Ah, I ain't agreeing. <laughs> it's not going to be possible. Yes. Rosa Park, Rosa Park in her days, she said, I'm not going to sit at the back of the car, of the bus, whatever you want to do, do. Rosa Parks, in her days, you know Rosa Parks, the black woman that said, I'm not going to sit at the back. If we are every white woman is sitting, is where I'm going to sit. So it's important that we take our stand as well. These children will be our, they are our future. We are praying that they will be greater than us. So let us continue to stand for what we believe and continue to teach them. Canada is not heaven. I say it every time. We must know whom we believe and stand with them. Hallelujah. Um, do I still need to talk? Okay. Then let that, let that brother talk and I will add them. So, so. Sorry, madam. This people have. Can you put the microphone in your hands, please? Sorry. These people, they have so many goals. So many of them. Yes, even in school, there are so many girls. Just two questions, but not the kids. A black, a white woman who is claiming that she is black, is that how she was being created by God? She is white. You can check it on YouTube, pure white. But she says she is black. And you dare not call her white. That is one. Ask them. These are my kids. They know. Ask them. So, ask them. This, that person created by God that way, and an adult, full grown up man, <laughs> who said, I am a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him sucking his tongue. So ask them, is that one being created that way by God? It's, it's a simple thing. Hey, those people, recently, Starbucks pulled off their flags from their offices. It is into news. Starbucks pull up their flags from the offices. And those of them who are part of it, they are busy complaining. They have a choice. They can walk off the job. They went on strike. But Starbucks is not listening to them. So it is not an issue of uh, because you are black or this. Even the whites, they don't buy they don't put into it yet. So they keep pushing. If truly they are being created by God. Sorry.
sure the issue is why are they pushing if white people, if white people have their flag, what happens to we normal people? Why don't you have our own flag? Push it. So the issue is, and that's always the argument, is to say that they were created that way. That's what they use to uh, bamboozle our children. Because even among teenagers in this church, we've had that discussion in the past. Oh, they were created that way. Who told you they were created that way? Uh, you see, human beings did not come from the Big Bang Theory. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So if God is the creator, the Bible says, after he made man, he looked at him and was what? Very good. And he said, uh, go, be fruitful, replenish the earth, fulfill it. I mean, you cannot replenish the earth if there is no meeting of male and female. They know it themselves. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, about two or three weeks ago, we were talking about the loss of the flesh. And we said ungodliness is what? Is the root of this law. And when we go to Romans chapter 1, he said, they refused to acknowledge God in their hearts. So he did what? He gave them over to reprobate minds. God did not create any man that way. It's their choice. But it's what these children are being taught in school. You as a parent, don't wait until they teach them before you begin to give them this foundation. Don't wait until they are taught. Now look, in these days, the media is start self education and kindergarten. Yes, now with different pictures. So it's never too early. Begin to teach your children the foundations of the world. We are all created by God. We were created good. He didn't create anybody bad. God did not give anybody an evil nature. And that nature, the, the gay, the lesbian, the QQQ, whatever they call themselves, is an evil nature. Yeah. It's not rooted in the word of God. And that is it. So we, we just take them to the scriptures. Like, like my wife said, the story of Sodom is there. I mean, it's clear. Romans chapter 1 is there. Read it. I mean, who do you believe? God or your teacher? We have told you that the foundation of the word of God is in the scriptures. So we listen with the children and we pray. Yeah. That's very important. And we do what? We pray. We pray. And God will do his own part. Amen. Amen. This, this conversation was had yesterday, so it's kind of like a recap. And something to add to that is, if you die today and they want to know what your gender is, they do a text. It's only XS and XY. There's no in between. If on, because these are social constructs. It's only if somebody tells you he's trans. But if you go back to the archaeological where they found bones from history, when they go towards identity, it's only XS or XY. There's no chromosome to determine if you identify he, she, he, they, them. See, it doesn't like it doesn't matter. It's not it's not in existence. So that's why it goes back to debating on if you're debating they were created that way, they were not. Science has it, everywhere has it that it's either male or female. Whatever you identify, whatever you go on the social construct. Right, just before the next person gets the mic as well, just to just to quickly add to what Sister Sharon said, you know, uh, yesterday was a pretty in, it was it was a long conversation, right? We, we only were supposed to chat for like ten minutes, and then you know when you start talking about this, uh, you keep going on and on and on and on. Let's um, just looking quickly, still in the Bible, looking at Esther, you know, looking at how Mordecai raised her up because that's where we come up with godly counsel. It's difficult. I'm a father. I uh, my daughter goes to a Catholic school. I I, I, I cited this example uh, yesterday as well. Uh, my daughter came home with her a storybook from the library, and you know one of the pictures says this person has two moms, and then she looks at me. How can somebody have two moms? And I, the exact same thing I said. I was I did not want to look confused. I just said a mom and a stepmom, and that's it. I just I I, I blanked it out. But then you know you just keeps is is a topic that keeps bothering me it's 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 mind boggling and what i kept what i just decided and i said this yesterday is 
everybody has an agenda. As um, children of God, as Christians, as believers, we, we should have the agenda of God. Uh, we cannot be quiet. We cannot be silent. No, right now, um, what, what the agenda is to make majority minority, which is the case of bringing, making normal abnormal. If, if we, I mean, these people we're talking about have the whole mo a whole month dedicated to them, right? Family day, even if we call it a normal family, has just one day, right? And then you look at it, how? How do we, how do we overcome this agenda? We can only overcome this agenda by pushing our own agenda. It's like this, right? If somebody is shouting, you shout louder. If somebody is, is trying to make you know, that point, you make your point bigger, you make it louder. It's that, that is the only way to do it because if we keep, if we keep taking it, if we keep taking it, you know, we, we are trying to make it normal and then eventually being normal will become abnormal. So we just need to, as, as Christians, as believers, as parents, as guidance, we just need to keep pushing the agenda of God, which is this: uh, what we have is normal. Every other thing is abnormal, and God will give us the strength to continue to do so. Yeah, let's put our push our own agenda as well. Let's not be quiet. So I told her that, did you see the rainbow? 
And this month, anytime we are talking, she always said a pride month. I said, no, we are not living this month again. So that is how I have been dealing with this uh, issue in, with my daughter at home. So I don't, to me, I know inside of me, I'm very, very comfortable with it. But I don't know if this is the right thing. Praise the Lord. God bless you, man. Yeah. Um, I like rainbow as well. Oh, yeah. Because I recognize the fact that it is the color of God. The Bible says in Revelation that over the throne of God is the rainbow. So they decided to know that's what Satan does. Now, the thing is that you can have your rainbow as long as they don't have some of these things there. Because like some of these children's shirts, they put it, be, be who you are, inside of the rainbow. So that is already sending out a message. But if you have your rainbow, I mean, something that, uh, my children, they, they, they are into work of art. Some of them like this rainbow thing. If you check their rooms where they put their art, some of these rainbow things are there, where they're glorifying God. So it still remains the fact that rainbow is the color of God. We are not going to leave it for them. It ain't going to happen. So the thing is that, but there are some specific things that they've written. Be who you are. It, uh, he, he sh there are things that they've written that I don't subscribe for children to wear. Why? Because it's already painting a particular picture. You understand? But for anything otherwise, you can do. But just be very careful with it. Okay? Yes, and with reasons, just like you have told your children. And one other thing I want to say is that, please, mothers, we cannot but be prayerful. We cannot but be prayerful. Daddies, too, you have to pray. But mama, please, let us be prayerful. The Lord will help us. Let's just take that last question because of our time. Praise God. It wasn't more of a question. I just really wanted to still stress what she said about identifying with who you are. So I'm a pharmacist, and I'm at the position where I have to care for trans youth people, right? I can't, it's my job, and I, I swear I would. So this month is Pride Month in my office. I do the regular due diligence, but they brought out the t-shirts and gave it to me, and I said, no, this is who I am. I support you, I take care of the things you need to do, but... I do not support or condone what they are doing. So it is really, really important that um, we, we stand up for ourselves. We know who we are in God. That sets us apart from them. And that is just the clear difference I want to draw. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you for your contribution. Um, I think one thing I can, we can deduct from you know, all the contributions we, we've had is that there is the role of parents also you know, in, in the, we, we've been talking about uh, being an unstoppable generation or becoming an unstoppable generation. So we've established that there's a role that parents have to, have to, needs to play. Uh, we have the example of Mordecai, how he had to raise Esther, the Bible recorded, you know, Esther with the teaching he has gotten from Mordecai. So parents, please, we have a role to play uh, in the life of the children, you know, by teaching them in the way of the Lord, by teaching them the right thing to do. And uh, of, of course, there's this thing that you can't give what we don't have. Exactly. So as parents ourselves, we need to develop ourselves in God to teach the children the right thing. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. I want us to bow our head for prayers. Uh, let's pray that God will help us, uh, especially as it regards to training the children uh, to become or to be a part of the unstoppable generation, that God will help us raise kids, raise them in the name of Jesus. Let's pray that our children will not have identity crisis in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's pray. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit of God will help them. They will not have identity crisis. They will know who they are in Christ Jesus in the name of Jesus. Thank you, my Jesus, for answering prayer. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Let's put our hands together for Jesus.
Thank you for listening to the Lord's Battle Axe Youth Sunday panel discussion. God bless you.